What's up, fam, and welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. This podcast is meant to give you easy, implementable, no BS advice to help make you stronger, more resilient, and bring out your inner badass to help you get back to doing the things you love with the people you love. I am your host, Dr. Tyler Bordick. I am a physical therapist, a strength conditioning coach, and co-owner of Inner Strength Physio Fitness Athletics in Pittsburgh. If you're ready, jump on the bus, buckle in, and let's rock and roll. What is up, fam? And welcome to episode 34 of the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. So, to give you a little insight with this episode, this week I started doing 10 lessons to make January your BI without diet, exercise, and sleep. Okay, wanted to add those last three things in there this month because typically I give diet, exercise, and sleep advice. Um, also throw a little bit of pain in there, but this one I want to throw a little bit of a monkey wrench into it. Okay, so um, we're going to visit these first two lessons here, but if you want to learn a little bit more about um, specifically on each lesson, go ahead and check out either my Instagram page or my Facebook page for more information. So from here, um, lesson number one this week was create your perfect picture. Okay, so what you're supposed to do is supposed to sit down for like five to ten minutes and without even thinking, without hesitating, just if you could wake up one morning and your world was perfect, what would it look like? How would it feel? Where, where would you be living? You know, would you have a, you know, who would be waking up beside you? Would there be little ones running around? You know, what would your p- perfect world look like? Then from that, I ask that you take, you circle three specific things from there that you want to happen. Okay. Three of them more important things in that perfect picture. And then you circle those three things and those are going to be your action steps. Those are going to be the three things that you focus on for the month of January. And then this is the best part. You take that perfect picture and you throw that son of a bitch away. Now this surprises people because a lot of times, you know, we hear about setting goals. We hear about vision boards. We hear about goal boards. Um, you know, we hear about the law of attraction, the sparkle in your eye, you know, keeping that. And that's what drives you forward. And let's be honest, I'm going to cuss a little bit today. It's all horseshit. <laughs> and here's why. And we're going to go into this a little bit today. Now, full disclosure, this is not, you know, before you turn this off right away, this is not a, supposed to be a pessimistic view of what you do. And I'm not saying do not create goals, but you have to understand the origin of this stuff before you can really create valuable, um, qualitative-based principles to follow. And along with that, don't forget your values. If you don't know what your values are, figure those out too. You know, we should have no more than five values that we follow. Three huge ones, five at most values that you follow because those three things you write down, they need to surround your values as well. So if you don't know what those are, if you don't even know where to start with those, you can obviously, as Claire says, um, consult the Oracle and see what, what um, you know, different descriptions or examples of values that are out there and things that you can follow. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about goal setting. So goal setting is obviously beneficial. We need to have things that we want to strive for. But the problem with this is this creates expectations. And we 
are our you've heard it so many different ways we're our own worst enemy we're our worst critic blah 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 and that's because we send the set unrealistic expectations based on the people or the things or the events around us so you know we're constantly comparing ourselves to others we're especially with social media now it's very easy to scroll and see 10 different people who are having amazing lives and here we are in our shithole of a house with our crap of a car and our angry spouse beside us who doesn't make us happy and these are like because we have these unreal expectations that we set and this is what you have to understand with goal setting too is whenever you sit down and you write out your goals they're you know we look at like the again we look we refer back to the perfect picture and that's how we write these out you know it's i want to lose 30 pounds in you know, three months. Well, maybe you could do that. But at the same time, you're, you know, and yes, you should write things that uh, write goals or, you know, put, have visions that challenge you. But at the same time, you know, don't set yourself up for failure either. Um, you know, and it's other things too. You open up a business and, you know, we see these, I'll, I'll use me for a perfect example of this. So, there's a guy that I kind of follow on Instagram, not really, but um, I look him up every so often. But he owns a meal prep company. And I remember whenever I, you know, before I had my own business, I was constantly thinking about, you know, oh, what would it be like to own my own business? And I see this guy and this guy has been in business for only a couple years. And he's, you know, he has Lamborghinis and he ha he's getting on private jets and he's wearing all these nice clothes and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I think, if I just had my own business in a couple years, that would be me. That is not true. <laughs> that is not how it works. And that's typically what we do is because we don't have, you know, our minds are made to find th the most reliable or things that, you know, we can really latch on to, cling to past from past experiences. And so when we don't have a sense of what, true success. And when I say true success, I mean internal successes. We tend to try to find the comfort in other people's based off our perceptions. And so that's, you know, what we like to cling to. And in, in addition to that, with, you know, when setting these expectations, when setting these goals, it doesn't consider life. When I have people, you know, when I used to be a clinical PT, I would have people come in and I would set the expectation in the sense of like, this is, this is what, if you're giving me a full 10 out of 10 effort is, this is what it looks like for you to get back to square one and then progress forward. But then I would also follow that up with is understand that your life doesn't stop just because you got hurt. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is they don't consider life. You know, like when Ryan and I sit down and we look at, you know, the company, we look at where we want to go with the company, we look at, you know, the members and how we want to provide more value and help them more and make, you know, create better happiness in our culture. We also have taken into consideration the world right now, you know, consider COVID and how it continues to, you know, rear its ugly head, but also, you know, the fear that's in the world right now. Um, the political problems that are in the world, how nutrition continues to change, you know, and, and how the virtual world has become such a huge thing. We have to take these things into consideration. And that's a lot of times what we don't do. 
you know, we sit down and we're like, all right, I'm going to create five. I'm going to create this, this big list. And, you know, because research says, which actually is BS, um, there is actually no hard facts support this. Research says that when you write down your goals, you are at least 33% more likely to achieve them. Not true. But again, you shouldn't just frantically run throughout your life and think that you're going to achieve anything. But we sit down and we write these goals of, I am going to lose 20 pounds in three months. I am going to, you know, increase my income by, you know, 1% or 5% this year. I am going to start a family. I am going to, um, you know, go on three vacations this year. So you sit down, you write these goals. And then what happens is you get sick. As soon as, as soon as you set that goal, you get sick. Um, and because you get sick, you aren't able to go to work, aren't able to perform as well as you could have. You have a lot of difficulty getting pregnant. And then you're, play, you're playing catch up from all of this stuff. And then you don't end up going on those vacations because you, you didn't take into consideration that there might be setbacks. And now, again, I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer here, but you just have to realize that life does come in the way. And that, does, that means that you're going to have to change things along the way and you're going to learn have to learn the duck and move. Okay. Now, the other problem too with like a vision board or goal setting is the downward spiral that it potentially happens. Because it's meant to sit there that we look at all the time and it like engages us. But here's the problem. If you keep walking past every single day and looking at this perfect life that you want and then you keep comparing it to the life you have now, it's exactly the same thing as getting on Instagram and or getting on Facebook, getting on TikTok and swiping through all these things that you, you know, quote unquote, are not achieving. And so you have to understand that. While we're on the topic of this, I, you know, I was really thinking about this. Let's talk about a vision board, okay? Um, now, I would be lying to you. I do have one. My wife and I both have one. Um, and it's really, I, I've come to realize that I like the vision board because it helps me to see how I've grown. Not in the sense of the goals I've achieved, but when you first sit down and, and you know, design your vision board, you have this idea in your mind of what perfect looks like. And then as you get older and your values um, evolve a little bit and you, you grow and you mature, you realize what your vision board should actually look like. So to me, it's kind of cool to see how that transitions. And that's why I keep it up. But let's look at the vision board. Okay. So despite what people understand, the vision board actually, um, the you know, again, I salted the oracle on this one, but uh, the vision board earliest known orientation is in the United Kingdom um, in 2000, but in India in 1999. And in the UK, it was actually developed by city officials to um, create an idea of what they needed to do in the city to, you know, improve their budgeting, but also make changes within the city. So this was actually just more of like, a, so for instance, it's kind of like an idea board, you know, or um, whenever, you know, they're, they're creating movies, you know, they do all these different like screenplays and different, um, you know, uh, boards and stuff with that. It's kind of the same thing. You know, that's kind of like what the vision board was for the cities. It was them putting all these ideas up there and then piecing it together, taking things away, stuff like that. In India, however, it was it was used 
um, more by big companies to create the vision of how to make more money, how to you know provide more for the customer, but also to again save expenses, maybe not provide as much, um, you know, provide a little less quality, but a little bit more quantity, basically. And so again, it was more of an idea board just for these companies to look at. You know, instead of all these ideas floating around people's heads, they just put them up on this board because then they could actually see it. Okay. Now, in addition to that, there's also a thing called a mood board. Okay. And this is the earliest this is known has been 1989, um, when companies used to use what's called a mood board for fashion and home design. Okay. So we kind of already know of this is this is where you know, fashion companies, if you've ever seen, you know, like Devil's Wear Prada or something like that. Not that I've ever really seen it, but just saying. Um, if you ever seen movies like that, they always post up like, you know, they post up pictures, they post up different outfits and stuff like that, and then piece them together. And that's kind of their, their mood board, their vision board. But home designers use this a lot too, because they want to see, you know, the, the, the whole thing about a, a house or a home, you could say, is the feng shui, the way things flow, um, the mood that it sets, the tone that it has. And so they do that by a, by a mood board. Again, not trying to really dive too far down this, but I want to give you an idea of like where a vision board starts. Now, this is where it gets fun. <laughs> the vision board then became popularized in 2013 by author Rhonda Byrne, who created the book The Secret. And The Secret is known as one of like the biggest, there's a few out there, but The Secret is one of the biggest self-help books around because it started creating this big enthusiasm and, and um, like gorging toward the law of attraction. And if you're not sure what the law of attraction is, the law of attraction is basically states, and I'm, this is me just creating a, a terminology for it, not necessarily an actual definition of, but the law of attraction is basically like what you put out is what you get back. So if you go out in the world and you're pissed off and angry and, and you share no wealth or, or no value to anybody else, you're going to get that same thing in return. But if you go out and you have this, this high chest and your head is tall and this great posture and you, you know, you give money and you give out smiles and you, you express gratitude and you open doors and the world is going to give you that back. So that is what is called the law of attraction. However, uh, this is, you know, again, in, in a perfect world, in a dream world, that's true. But that's not, you know, that's not how the world works. And again, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. But just because you go to the store and you open the door for somebody everybody's had that moment where you've opened the door and it's like the clown car has let out and a thousand people go running through the door and no one grabs the door off you. Um, or, you know, there's those moments where if you're like, if you've ever been a bartender or a waitress or something like that, where maybe you've been at the grocery store and you've walked past the Salvation Army guy and you throw a few bucks towards them, but then you go to your restaurant and you're working and someone gyps you on the, t on the tip, you know? So again, Yes, I, I believe in a law of attraction and the fact that we do need to be good people. We really need to enforce our values. We need to be optimistic. 
and we need to, you know, try to put as much positivity in the universe as possible because there's a lot of negativity out there. But, you know, what the law of attraction states is not necessarily what happens. Um, so, again, not trying to take away from that. But this is where the vision, the vision board originates from, is stuff like this. And, you know, things like The Secret, not taking away from, you know, Rhonda Byrne, but it's a book. It's meant to make money. Yes, they're trying to give their knowledge out there, but if it wasn't like that, she would have just gave the book away for free. That's not how it is. They even made a movie about this. And so this is all about making money, and this is where people can profit off of stuff like this, ideas off of this. Now, looking a little bit further into the vision board, I've kind of, I've come across, I've, you know, I've read a few books with this. Um, one I called The Anecdote, which is a great book. It kind of reverses, um, you know, us being, you know, optimistic and how pessimism can actually kind of encourage personal growth, but less on, you know, we won't go down that rabbit hole. But more psychology actually lately has shown that vision boards and setting goals can actually hurt us. And the reason being this is, is again, in the short term, it can help. We are humans. A lot of what we do runs off emotions. Okay. That's how we are unlike animals. We are logical, but we are also emotional. Animals just, they have an instinct and that's what they do. But we as humans, we have the ability to perceive, you know, these ideas, these thoughts, these emotions running through our head, and we can adjust before we react sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time. Um, but, you know, when it comes to like a vision board, you know, that thing, that's emotional. And what that can do is that can emotionally charge us. So in the short term, our goals, our vision, stuff like that, <coughs> excuse me, um, in the short term, it can provide that little bit of uh, a light. It can provide that little bit of a spark that helps us move forward. However, the issue is in the long term, this can really affect us. Because in the long term, if, we, if we're chronically referring to those goals and that vision, then we are chronically reminding ourselves that we are not where we want to be. And, you know, this is where we have to be careful. So, again, you have to really take this stuff with a grain of salt. And, again, I'm not discouraging creating a vision board, creating goals, creating, um, you know, objectives for yourself. But I am discouraging to um, – to rely on that stuff all the time. So understand the short-term and long-term um, effects of this stuff. And, you know, it's funny, as, as a millennial, um, if you guys didn't know, I'm a millennial. And uh, I can hear the pitchforks already. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, as millennials, there's a lot of things that revolve around our generation because there's been a lot of change that's happened since we've been on Earth. There's been multiple... Um, there's been you know, multiple events that happen, terrorist attacks, shootings, pandemics, you know, all this stuff, you know, depression, uh, you know, like depressions and, and stock market drops and housing market drops and all that stuff. And not that that doesn't even take into account the internet and how the information age has really taken off. So there's a lot that, sur that surrounds us. And so there tends to be a lot of hate on the millennials um, and it's even, and it's trickling into Gen Z because there, you know, there is so much change that surrounds us that it scares people. And where this, the, you know, it's always, it's funny. I, 
my wife and I were watching this show, Working Moms, a long time ago, or a few months ago. And if you ever never seen this show, it's about three women, um, one or three, yes, three women. Um, one's a psychologist. One um, is an executive in a company, like a marketing executive in a company, and then one is a real estate agent. And all three of them have babies at the same time. And it shows how their lives are affected because they're working moms and they have babies. And it's supposed to be a comedy. However, if you've just had a baby, I do not recommend watching this show because it will send you into an emotional um, fireworks display, if you will. But on the one episode, they were talking about vision boards and the one woman. Now, these are not these are more Gen X, these moms. Um, Gen Y is millennial, if you didn't know that. But the one mom on the show says vision boards are just were just created by millennials who have no work ethic. Okay, touche. <laughs> and what that means is, is it's, you know, and that, and I, I can't help but kind of agree with her. You know, a lot of people just create vision boards and they create this stuff because they don't actually have the actual work ethic to go towards it. It's just, if I create this, this will maybe give me the emotional pump I need to move forward. And this is really a generational thing. And it's very interesting. I love to go into... Um, you know, and I know I'm kind of going everywhere today in this podcast, but I think this is important. So I, I really like to look back through the generation and how things have changed. Now, um, the greatest generation, I believe that's what they call, and that's the generation before baby boomers. Um, you know, obviously they went through the Great Depression and things like that, but life was different then. And for them, it was really just about you get up, you work, you provide for your family, you protect your family, that's it. You know, you, there was a lot of, um, you know, life was very strict then. It was very conservative then. And so it was kind of this, this constant cycle of your typical day. And it was just about getting through the day. Um, you know, again, my research tells me that there's probably a, a, a baby boomer who just is out there like snarking at me right now for saying this. But again, all my perspective, I apologize if that's not the case, but you know, and so this gets passed down to baby boomers now because baby boomers, you know, their parents, again, kind of treated them with that same thing. You have to work your ass off. You know, you wake up, you do your thing, you protect you, you know, you provide for your family, you protect your family and you, you know, and you watch out for any danger that surrounds you, including people. And this creates a heart, like a hard exterior, which is good. Don't get me wrong. They went through a lot, you know, baby boomers have been through a lot in their life as well. And so this hard exterior helped them to deal with the stresses of the world now. And, you know, with our generations, this is where there's a little bit of a criticism that they don't have the EQ, the emotional intelligence or quotient, because they've been taught to compress those emotions. Pros to both things. You know, if, if you're someone who presses down your emotions like myself, you know, for the most part, then, you know, yes, you have the resiliency, but then you also don't understand other people's emotions and one day that can come back to bite you. Again, getting on a little side tangent here. Then with baby boomers, you know, they, they saw what their parents had. They realized they didn't want that. They worked their asses off and they created a world for Gen X 
to thrive a little bit more. You know, they wanted to see a little bit more progress. Well, then Gen X sees their parents, the baby boomers, and don't want to be like that. You know, they don't want to have to work their ass off their whole life and have this hard exterior and just put in their eight hours every day. And, you know, it's also other things too. Like there's no, you know, pensions aren't really a thing anymore. And social security is not as, as, um, as graceful as it used to be either. And so they changed, you know, and so they changed the dynamic of that. They changed the perspective. They illustrated this world where, you know, if you worked hard for this certain amount of time, if you, you know, worked smart, not hard necessarily, and you grinded a little bit, you could have all these great things. And then us as Gen Y, we grow up now with that stuff because now with social media, we've been able to see that since we were, you know, 16 years old, believe it or not. You know, I was like 16 when the internet was really became, becoming big. So don't think that we were babies with iPads in our hands. But anyhow, and so we saw this world where it was like, all right, now we see how these people did it and they made it look easy. So that's kind of where our entitlement comes from is, is we see it, them make it look easy and think it's going to be that way. Um, but now things are a little bit more demanding. Now there's a lot of change in the world and it's, it's not so easy and, and things have definitely, um, but anyhow, but, but now we're seeing how, you know, psychology is a big thing. Mental health is a, is a big thing. Emotional quotient is a big thing. And so we try to put a, an emotional spark on things with like vision boards and goals and all this stuff. And not to mention that, you know, Gen X, maybe some baby boomers, they create these you know, they have these books, they have these movies, they have all of these, these scripts that kind of trickle down of like self-help and development. And this is what I did to get to the top. And so everyone feels like that's what they need to do. I am really on a tangent right now and I apologize, but this is where the generation versus generation versus generation is where this stuff becomes so popularized is that everybody now is trying to find the easy thing because that's what we've been told. That's what we've been promoted. That's what has been marketed to us is that there's all these, you know, 10 easy steps and abs in 10 minutes and this diet will make you lose 20 pounds in two weeks. And we get all these easy things and that's what gets thrown at us. And again, it messes with our expectations. It messes with our perception of what reality truly is. And so that being said, this is why I come back to the original idea that I had is that you need to create three actionable steps. You need to find three things in your perfect picture that you want to work towards and no more than three things. You know, one thing you can definitely do two, but no more than three because then your, your eyes are peeled in way too many directions. Now with those three, those three ideas that you want to work towards, this is where, you know, Again, and my, my, my tip was for, you know, the next two weeks to just do one thing a day towards each of those three things. And, you know, and it's, I want it to be something simple, eat more veggies, eat, you know, eat one more serving of veggies or eat one more serving of protein or do one more 10 minute walk or read one page of a book. You know, it's like something very simple. But then where the true power comes in with these actionable steps is what's called the power of compounding. And there's a really good book that I love, absolutely love. Um, 
and I love the author too. The author is Darren Hardy and it's, um, the book is called The Compound Effect. Um, now again, I'm not getting any royalties. I wish I was, <laughs> but I'm not getting any royalties from this book. It's just a very good book. And the book is talking about the power of compounding. And this is how you need to set your focus moving forward is you need to focus on the power of compounding. You need to focus on, okay, so like, let's say you want to read more. Okay, I'm going to read three books every day for the next two weeks. Then after two weeks, or I'm going to, I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to read three pages of a book for the next week. After that, make it four pages. After that, make it five pages. After that, make it six pages. You know, each week add just a little bit to that. Or I'm going to eat, you know, one more serving of protein each day. Okay, I'm going to eat two more servings of protein, you know, on week two and then three and then so on and so forth. This is the power of compounding. Now, in our eyes, we look at compounding as I'm only reading one more, one more page. Actually, you're reading 200 plus more words. Or I'm only eating one more serving of protein. Actually, you're eating like 20 grams more of protein. And that's, we, we, we tend to get too simple with compounding. And I'll kind of look at this a little bit more later. But this is what we really need to think about. We need to think about, you know, again, it, just like with I said about the vision board, how it gives us that dopamine hit and makes us feel great for the moment. That's the thing. Like, we don't want to admit, we want um, instant gratification. We don't want to take these little you know, compounding steps, but this is what leads to true progress. This is why people who invest in the stock market for long periods of time make a bunch of money. It's not because they invest, you know, if they invest 10% every month into the stock market, it's not because of that 10%, it's because that 10% compounds. Okay. So again, I know that was a lot to throw at you, but and the generation thing, I just really wanted to get people to understand, like, this is why different generations think the way they do is because of how they grew up around. So let's set your focus moving forward. So as you all know, I always love to end this podcast with three takeaways and three action steps. So action item number one, use motivation for the short term, but use your why for the long term. Now, I know even like using your why is a little cliche anymore too, but motivation, you know, listening to music, if, if you're younger, like we grew up, like you listen to music, you put on a YouTube video, this like pumping, you know, that this motivational, you, you pick up a book by like Zig Ziglar or someone like that. And it's just like, yeah, let's go. You know, that stuff works for the short term. You know, that might be a bump you need every so often, but Truly getting, going back to your values and those three things that you circled on your perfect picture and why you want to get better with those, that is your true why. That is what's going to affect you for the long term. And that's what's going to get you through the humps, okay? Because despite what people think, willpower does not exist. Willpower gets affected by your diet, your diet, your stress level, your energy levels, all that stuff. So need to be consciously aware of that, okay? And again. Again, um, this is kind of where, as I mentioned earlier, like with the vision board, short-term goals, like, yes, it can help us in the short term, but for the long term, it can actually counteract that and do more negative than good. So just be wary of that. Takeaway item number two, focus on no more than three action steps. And as I said earlier, so one to three is all you need to focus on. 
we tend to have these to-do lists that are that have 15 items on them and if we check all 15 off by the end of the day we're successful well when you do that you put yourself in a situation where you're relying on more quantity than quality so three quality action steps every day read one more page have one more serving of vegetables drink one more glass of water spend one more hour with your family you know spend 30 more minutes working on that project you know that depends on what your goal is but this is truly what's going to help you in the long run and action step number five have faith in compounding okay have faith in the compounding of what you do yes sometimes it gets monotonous but you know one plus one plus one plus one plus one equals five okay that's not compounding that's you you know look that's us and how we've how we perceive compounding is it's like one plus one plus one plus one plus one equals five but what true compounding is one times two times three times four times five equals 120. okay and there's you know there's so much more that we get out of the power of compounding and setting those small steps and slowly increasing them over time it's when it, what's going to get us to our goals guys that is it for episode 34. Uh, i hope you stuck in with me there a lot of good information i feel for you to take in again this is not trashing goal setting this is not trashing objective this is not shitting on a vision board this is me just helping you to realize how we sometimes can let our expectations and our perceptions really throw us off course for a goal so appreciate you guys stopping in and we'll talk soon Thank you all for checking out this week's episode of the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. If you would like more content that is easily implementable and no BS, you can join our Facebook page at Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. Uh, to learn more about Inner Strength, visit our website at innerstrengthpgh.com or you can simply email us, us at info at innerstrengthpgh.com. We have two locations in Pittsburgh right now. One is our West location in Coriopolis slash Robinson, PA. And our second location, which just recently opened, is in the South in Lawrence, PA, in the southern part of Pittsburgh. We also partner up with K-Specific Nutrition. They are a locally owned business full of dietitians, registered credentialed dietitians who can help you with just general nutrition, sports needs, and also medical information. You can also contact me at dr.tyler at innerstrengthpgh.com or check me out on social media at dr.tyler underscore Bordick. Thank you all again. We'll see you on next week's episode.